Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Stocks for beginners. I've noticed, Phil, you probably have too over the last 33 years that I've done this, insiders are not the best buyers of their stock, but they're almost the perfect sellers. For some reason, those insiders get it right when it comes to get out of their stock, right? Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. What do spirituality and investing have in common? And is there a correlation between your soul and your wallet? To explain, I'm joined by my guest, Jaden Sterling. Hello, Jaden. Hello, Phil. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Thanks very much for coming on. Jaden's the founder of Sterling Stock Picker, which takes key indicators to create their North Star ranking for stocks. Their utility patent was recently filed with the USPTO for their technology, which allows users to filter stocks that fit their risk tolerance, personal values, interests, and much more, with over 28 different filters available. So, Jaden, you had a dark past on Wall Street. Tell us about that. I did. I, I had a 11-year uh, stint on Wall Street. I worked for Merrill Lynch, started with Merrill Lynch, ended my career with Citigroup, and learned a lot, but mostly learned from my clients, my wealthy clients who came into the brokerage firm with millions of dollars in their stock portfolio. And I asked each and every one of them, you know, what did you do to create this wealth? And I heard basically one of three things. Some people said they actually inherited their stocks, which makes sense, right? That's um, a customary practice. Other people told me that they started a company, so they owned a business. And the, uh, the third group just basically said that they worked a normal job and saved money, invested on a regular basis. But what they had in common, Phil, which was, which was very surprising to me because of my training on Wall Street... What they had in common was they had just a handful of stocks, you know, no more than four to six, no more than six companies, but on average about four different holdings. And that was interesting because it was really contrarian to my training on Wall Street because I was told, you know, a customer needs to diversify their assets, right? That's a, that's a myth that we have been told that's been, you know, given to us our whole entire life. And it's absolutely not true. The, the contrary to that is, you know, to really focus your money in a direction. And when you add individual companies, quality companies and diverse uh, sectors, and that is, it provides the biggest leverage because you're able to have more shares of a stock rather than in a mutual fund which is over diversified every on average, you know, mutual funds have 125 holdings, stock holdings in a portfolio, which is, I think, way too many. Uh, Warren Buffett says that as well, that diversification is a tax for those who don't know what they're doing. (laughs) 
So, you know, it just opened my eyes. And when I working for Merrill Lynch and Citigroup, they all had the same agenda, which was to make money off their clients, not for their clients. And it was clear based on the products they were wanting me to sell, which was packaged products, you know, unit investment trusts, uh, mutual funds, managed money. Again, way, way too many stocks in these holdings and positions. So that was my big education. It wasn't from the firms that I worked with. It was from my clients, my wealthy clients who brought their portfolios into the firm. With those wealthy clients, they've obviously got um, an idea of how to invest and not to over-diversify. What was the reaction when they were suddenly presented with these kind of products that, um, as you say, are a bit over-diversified? Yeah, well, some of them were, were surprised and some were confused because you know they they had they saw their money grow incredibly fairly quickly over the years and decades that they had invested so a lot of them you know weren't really sure about that strategy and there was a time when i noticed that when i compared portfolios for my clients the ones that maintained their individual equities their individual stocks in their portfolio far outperformed the ones that we had liquidated those stocks and bought other packaged products. So when I realized that, Phil, I said, holy smokes, uh, you know, I'm going to start investing like my clients. And that allowed me to actually retire from the business at 31 by buying individual stocks. So tell us about that process. What was it like leaving Wall Street? Was it a bit scary? <laughs> you know, it wasn't at all. And it was interesting. A lot of my family was like, what do you mean you're making a lot of money? And, you know, you have this dream career that you've, you know, created for 11 years. Like, what are you thinking? And my thought was simple. I'm noticing how corrupt the industry is. I could see it firsthand and I could no longer participate in that. I didn't feel good about what I was doing. And, you know, you personally, I couldn't continue on that path. I knew there was more for me. And so that's why it was pretty easy to leave the industry then. Mm. Just uh, just a little note on uh, diversification. A lot of people buy ETFs these days because they are naturally diversified yes. products. Because the fees, you know, it's not like um, mutual funds where there's a lot of fees that will be going to Correct. the Wall Street types. But you don't even believe ETFs need to be part of a portfolio? You know, Phil, if if there was two things I would recommend for, especially for an investor who may not be as comfortable picking individual stocks, mm. ETFs, some select few ETFs are great because they're actually not as divert, like you said, not as diversified as a mutual fund. And if you look at a sector that might, for example, I'm just thinking of we're up here in Canada and they legalized the cannabis sector a few years ago. So that ETF, there's, there's an ETF that invests in the top 20 cannabis companies. And that I think is great. You're right. The fees are low. It still gives a little bit of tolerance for risk because it's- Comfort. Comfort. There you go. That's the word. Um, the only other thing too would be index funds, right? Funds that actually mirror- the index at which the stocks trade and that every index has an index fund. Typically, those are not actively managed as much as a mutual fund. So fees are less. Performance is better. But I would absolutely, our motto at our company is friends don't let friends buy mutual funds. <laughs> Steer clear. <laughs> so you're known by many of your coaching students as the spiritual money guy. 
How did that awakening come about? Tell us about that process. When I was 14, I had an epiphany. And do you know what I refer to when an epiphany? It's like time stands still. In an, that type of moment, you just have a clear knowing. And I had a very clear knowing. I'll never forget it. I was in my mother's town home and I came down the stairs and on her dining room table was a big boom box. Remember back in the day, Phil, the big boom boxes? And- <laughs> that's right. I never carried one on my shoulder. <laughs> it was never that strong. Yeah, that's right. You've seen them. And inside this boom box was something even more archaic, which was a, a, a cassette. And the cassette was a recording of Wayne Dyer speaking from stage. Mm. And it was odd because it was playing, but no one else was in the house. It was just me. And I thought, oh, this is, so it got my attention. I walked up to it and I just felt transfixed. And in that moment, I had a clear understanding. I don't know if I was told or if I just knew, but I've always been kind of different. And I've always been, I've always had the ability to, to know certain things or have certain gut feelings. And this was no different. At this time, I knew clearly three things. I was told I'd be speaking on stages around the world. I was told that I would speaking about money, specifically how people can get money to work for them rather than be enslaved by it. And the third thing that I knew was that I would be teaching from personal experience, not from a book I read or a course that I took. So can you imagine at 14, like your whole life purpose gets downloaded to you, right? And did you, um, that's, did you have an interest in money at that stage? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, I was probably like any kid, yeah. you know, interested in like curious about it. And, you know, I'm in my mid fifties. So back then, you know, it was a little different um, um, economy back then. And, mm. but I wasn't money motivated at all. I wasn't from a wealthy family. We were comfortable and, my father's side was very different than my mother's side. My father's father was actually president of Maryland National Bank in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm. And so my father grew up in that world, whereas my mother didn't. She grew up, you know, her, her father worked for Westinghouse his entire life. And so very different mixed messages about money, but had the clear understanding of what my path would be. And that got me started. 500,000 in capital for your software business privately with current users of the platform itself. Tell us about that process. So you it's just the users of the platform that help to fund the business. Is that the case? Well, yeah, that's been an interesting process. We knew we wanted to build the software. We knew that we wanted to get past the beta testing. We knew we wanted to have something of value that worked really well before we went to the market to raise capital. And so we spent three years just head down every weekend working three nights a week on it with my partners. And we created something pretty spectacular. And I just started to get a a sense and a feeling, okay, it's time to take this company to the next level. 
Uh, stocks are in my background. It's in my blood. My ultimate goal is to take the company public uh, within a few years. So we we knew we had to get to a certain level before we asked people for money. I didn't want to just go out to the marketplace on an idea or a whim, you know, not having anything behind it. I wanted to make sure- No revenue, nothing to show for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I didn't want that. So we held back. And then I looked at all the different options out there. I looked at crowdfunding. I even hired a crowdfunding coach to coach me through the process. And then we were like into month two and we had we had done everything he told us to do. And then he said to us, uh, he said, okay, now is the time to write your begging letter. And I said, excuse me, what, I, I didn't hear you correctly. What did you just say? And he said, yeah, you're going you're gonna to craft a letter that is going to basically beg for money from family and friends. And I said, we are done with this process. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh no, I have no interest in that. Um, we're not beggars. We have something pretty spectacular and how do we benefit more and more people? We didn't want handouts, basically. So it occurred to me, um, I think it was just through the course of a day, shortly after that process, was make sure this benefits everyone. Benefit your friends and family. As they contribute to your growth, make sure they get richly rewarded. That was the message that I heard. And I thought, okay, the way to do that is to file do a regulation A offering, file uh, for private equity raise, capital raise, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I always call that the reggae <laughs> process. The reggae. <laughs> Nothing to do with <laughs> Jamaica right. and those, uh, those colorful hats. For sure, yeah. So tell us about the investing process. Um, I'm just interested when um, I was just looking at the website before, and that's a mixture of fundamental and technical analysis. Can you just give us a little bit of an overview of that process, please? Sure, happy to. So as a professional investor for over 30 years, I recognize that there are many, many metrics out there that we could look at as investors. Many confusing metrics, aren't there? Many confusing, man, so crazy. I personally have bought software, tens of thousands of dollars. It confused the heck out of me. And I'm like, if I'm confused, I don't know how anyone can really use this software, right? Mm. So my mandate was clear. I said to my partners, I said, if we create software, that a novice, a ver someone very new at investing can find winning stocks in three clicks or less, we've really got something. So that was what we always had in the back of our mind to simplify the process, but more importantly, to take the key indicators. You know, there's thousands of them out there, but we've identified certain technical indicators and we overweight them in our strategy to show subscribers you know, when to buy, when to sell, when to hold, or when to avoid a stock. So we put a lot more emphasis on the technical indicators, as you know, as, a, as an investor, that you know, charts mean pretty much everything. We also look at money flow index. That's the other big indicator that we consider. So we analyze the financial metrics as well. We look at you know, how effective is a company utilizing the cash on their balance sheet. And we give that a ranking. And then we look at what are the insiders doing for their other stock? Are they buying? Are they selling? Um, you know, what's happening in that respect? And then we look at how, what percentage of the shares outstanding are actually being shorted because that's going to impact the stock in the short run. So we just look at everything. We also look at relationships, the SMA to the EMA to the stock price. You know, as you know, when you look at a chart, when you have a stock price, 
on a chart, it's there's not it's not really telling a story about what's next for the company. But when you overlay these short term averages and then we get into the intermediate long term, it really tells a complete picture of what to do with a certain stock. Can you just give us a little bit of an overview of the difference between technical and fundamental? Because this program is aimed at beginners. So the technical side is those charts where we see all those nice lines moving up and down and people draw lines on them. And then fundamental is basically looking at the company financials. Is that a a simple enough explanation? And how would you... Uh, How would you explain? Yeah, to a certain extent, we look at the fundamentals, but we also look at the financials. So we separate those out. And the fundamentals is, I think I've mentioned a few already. It's simple enough. It's like, you know, what's going on with the insiders of this company? Mm -hmm. I've noticed, Phil, you probably have too, over the last 33 years that I've done this, insiders are not the best buyers of their stock, but they're almost the perfect sellers. (laughs) For some reason, those insiders get it right when it comes to get out of their stock, right? So, So we track that. We look at that. We also track... But we don't put a lot of weight or emphasis on this, but we look at what analysts are saying about the company. So we look at all of our sources and we see what banks, what brokerage firms, what uh, analysts are saying, their opinion about the stock. And then we give that a ranking as well. And then the other big indicator that we that we track and analyze is the percent shares uh, that are outstanding that are shorted. We notice that if a stock has a low percentage shares that are being shorted, it really helps in the short term that you know there's not a lot of headwind, although we recognize that at some point those shorts have to go into the marketplace and buy those shares. Mm-hmm. But there's no real indication of when they'll do that. So we track stocks um, based on that as well. So in essence, you've got a checklist. And uh, this is a checklist you um, run across how many sectors? Are you talking about large caps, small caps, um, or the whole of the market? Yeah, good question. So we track over 16,000 companies that trade on various exchanges. And then we also are tracking crypto now as well. We realize that our everything that we brought into tracking and, and looking at stocks, evaluating stocks, can be applied to crypto so I think we're tracking and evaluating over 400 different types of cryptocurrencies. And that's been a really powerful addition to the software. But, you know, I was thinking about your folks here who might be listening, especially since we're talking about stocks for beginners. That's why I want to be really transparent. Uh, that's why I started out saying, you know, when I was in the business and what we were forced to sell or what we were told to sell is still happening today. In fact, I always tell my clients two things. The biggest question I get is, you know, when's the best time to invest? My answer is always the same, when you have money to invest, right? Whenever you've got money, start putting it in the marketplace. But the second thing is really looking at what types of investments are key to to building wealth. Most firms, you know, like I said earlier, are about, they even call it, they have a a name for it, it's called Velocity, and they track how much a broker or banker is earning off of their client's portfolio. What I learned was the biggest thing is to start taking personal responsibility for your investments and for your your wealth going forward. No one's going to do it for you. You've got to really start educating yourself because we don't get this education in school. It's not, I've had plenty of teachers, Phil, 
go through our programs and become subscribers in the software and ultimately investors, people have to start understanding the market is telling you expect low returns, you know, but that's kind of crazy making because the, the reality is every day there are stocks in the marketplace that double or triple in value. And it's just a matter of getting in the flow of these ideas and these companies that you can really start making impact in your wealth. Wall Street doesn't want to empower people. They don't want people to be wealthy. They want people to be reliant on them. That's why all of the, it's all jargon. It's all, it's all. um, Obfuscation. uh, Yes, it is. It is. And it's confusing for people. That's intentional. I think we have to open our minds up here and ask if we really want to start making a difference in it's, it's equities. There's no question about it. And, and, you know, I also, after I retired from Mer- uh, Citigroup, I parlayed some of my equity holdings into real estate and I built a company, a $12.5 million company in real estate, but I did it from my stocks. I mean, there I use strategies like I put my IRA up as collateral with the bank once to buy an eight unit apartment building. And I said, you know, I have a vision. This is what I'm going to do with the building. I'm going to improve it, make capital improvements, raise the rents. And then when I do that, will you give me my IRA back? And they said, sure, no problem. And they did. With your process and when users are coming on board, um, because previously you mentioned uh, the the perils of over-diversification, does your service also help in terms of the construction of a user's portfolio as well? Yeah, great question. We have what's called Portfolio Assistant that we rolled out August of last year. So we built all of the infrastructure, all everything behind it to track and find the right stocks. And then we said for our folks, okay, now here's a section you can go to, tell us what's in your portfolio. We'll make sure that it's that it's in conjunction with your risk tolerance ability, you know, in alignment with that, in alignment with your values as well, because many people have holdings that are not in alignment with their values. So um, it'll it'll go through an analysis of that as well, and then make recommendations on three categories um, that we recommend. First, we start right with the base. I see a lot of investors, you probably do too, early on that get excited and say, oh, you know, I got this hot tip and I want to put my money in this yeah, they're investing, little company. And I think Investing in the story, aren't they? <laughs> investing in the story. I've made that mistake. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> we all have. And it's partly why I created the software exit. I, I needed help being a better investor. Because I get I get way caught up in the stories and hook, line, and sinker. And it certainly helped me do that a lot better. So yeah, we look at what someone's objectives are. We look at the holdings that they have, their risk level, and then we make recommendations based on that. And it seems important for users to um, understand, like you say, what their values are. And I guess this is part of where the spirituality comes into it as well. What um, it, it is. What is good for your investing in what's good for your soul? That's it. It's in perfect alignment, isn't it? I mean, if we look at the word prosperity, the Latin derivative of that word is pro spare, which actually means for spirit. So, you know, you're not here. None of us are here to be worried about money. We're here for a much larger purpose. We're starting to definitely recognize that now in the last few years. And when you have the abundance and cash flow in your life, you're able to step into what you're really here to do. And we're not here to worry about money, period. 
So tell us about the stock picking service. It's called Sterling Stock Picker, isn't it? It is. It's Sterling Stock Picker. It's it's what my legacy is uh, will be on earth is that we've created this and developed it for people who have zero experience in investing and in order to you know build knowledge and information every single Monday I'm in there I I broadcast live it's a live stream that I do mm. and just sharing with people my thoughts about the market you know what I'm seeing uh, certain industries and sectors that I personally am investing in and the reasons why so I like to share that information too and basically to empower people you know we've got people have got to start taking responsibility for their retirement for their wealth for you know everything that has to do with finances and start educating themselves about it. Do you find there's a process when people start thinking about this and using your service that they're actually learning at the same time as well? Because you know you are offering stock picks, but people who are investing really should be taking control and ownership of what they're doing. Hundred percent. I mean, I'll give you an example. Last week's live stream, last Monday. I was talking about um, the week before that I was I was considering buying shares of Tesla, and the stock was about twelve hundred dollars a share. And then I said to the I, you know I said on the live stream I pulled up the chart and I said now you can see the stock is in a really good position because it was above all of the technical indicators. But I said this is the reason I didn't buy it, and I went down to the MFI, and the MFI had been at like high eighties, high nineties for five days in a row, and. I've noticed for the last 30 some years of doing this that the MFI is almost perfectly correlated with the next movement in the price stock. So the MFI was, it was clear it was overbought. The stock was clearly overbought. And anytime a company is overbought, the next move is down. So I showed on this live stream, you know, this is why I'm staying away from it today. It's well below 1200. In fact, it's like hovering around the thousand dollar mark, US mark. And so, yeah, I teach through the process for showing our subscribers, you know, what to look out for and what my thinking is behind every deal. So tell us, what is the MFI? That's money flow index. What is, it's just a measure of the volume, the weight of cash that's flowing through the system. How does, how does it work? Yeah, great question. It's similar to the RSI, the Relative Strength Index. Yeah, that's a, that's a much, much more common one, isn't it? Yeah, that people know about. It is, yeah. yeah. But we like to track, you know, what money is going into the stock versus what's coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And then we show on uh, graphically on a bar chart, green or red uh, graphs for the money flow index. So it shows exactly, you know, how many big days there were of sellers versus buyers. Mm-hmm. And then it gives a clear number and indicator. I'm, I start to notice when a stock tips over. So the money flow index range is zero to 100. When a stock tips over to the 70 to 90 plus range, that's getting a little toppy and that would be the time to start taking profits. And then conversely, when it's low, like between zero and 20, the stock is definitely oversold, way too many sellers in there. It might be the time to start looking at it to buy. So getting back to Sterling Stock Picker Software, what are the main things that users can expect to achieve from it? They're going to clearly get indications about what our recommendation is for the 16,000 plus companies. So they're going to know right away based on our what we call the North Star Guidance System, which is what you had mentioned we filed our utility patent for. That's basically our entire system algorithm showing whether a company is time to buy, sell, hold, or avoid. We give it a ranking 
in terms of one to five. And so as soon as someone comes to the site, they're going to have the ability to pick stocks. First of all, this is one of our step first steps in it. After they're clear about their risk tolerance, so if someone doesn't know their risk tolerance level, they'll take our quick questionnaire, figure that out fairly quickly, and then they're, they get a score for that. So then they go to our pick stocks feature, and that's when they put in their personal values. They put in what region of the world they want to look at stocks, like Australia or you know, um, the United Kingdom, North America, what have you. We track companies from all over the world. And then they look at their interest. Do they want to buy stocks that pay dividends? Do they only want to buy gross stocks? Do they want to look at a combination of the two? They hit enter, and then all of a sudden, based on what, they, what their input was, the output is the stocks that we recommend for them. Another feature is that portfolio assistant that I mentioned, because we had all these great aspects of the software, but I, I, one day I realized, you know, we don't really have something that brings all of it together. Like our analytical side, our stock recommendation, our, um, you know, portfolio mix. I wanted something that gave more handholding for people as they learn through the process. And that's what the portfolio assistant does. It literally holds someone's hand through the process of building a solid portfolio we make the recommendations right there on the screen for them, um, how many stocks to buy in the base, and then the growth portion, and then the acceleration portion of the portfolio, because all three are important. We have a super comprehensive uh, platform that I also have hundreds of videos in there, teaching videos, instructional videos on stocks, and they're clearly labeled so someone could go back and look at oh yeah, I, I want to know what a stock is. I want to know what a, you know, depending on whatever their level of knowledge is, I think we've done a pretty good job of addressing that through the software. And I think that's um, so important that people have to come in knowing what their level, level of knowledge is and then to learn through the process. N no question about it. You, we can, you, no one can rely on someone else. In fact, the only person who's probably more interested in your money might be your heirs. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's it. It's, it's you, your money, and what your goals are. And as long as you get a little clear, some clarity around what your financial goals are, we'll help you achieve them through the software for sure. So, Jaden, give us some contact details, please. Yes. So, please feel free to reach out to me through our website, sterlingstockpicker.com. It's my last name is sterlingstockpicker.com. You can find me there. With an E. Yes, with an E. S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G, right? Like sterling silver. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And we have a Facebook page. We're on Twitter, Sterling Stock Picker. Um, yeah, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or anything, please feel free to reach out. I'll, I'll personally get back to you. Jaden Sterling, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure, Phil. Thank you. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 